0: All right, hit that
1: horn, babe. Let's dance. It's a hell of a show. You need to watch that on a weekly
0: basis. Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Brady, and this is We Could Have Been Doctors. That is the name of the podcast because with the amount of time that we've spent watching the NFL, and especially the Steelers, we could have been doctors.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know much about a lot of things, but what I do know about the Steelers is that a year ago from today, we beat the Bengals 16-10. I'm also can't remember the last time I drank water.
0: <laughs> you know, it's I, I can't even remember my password to my Instagram account. I know that there's pictures out there that I need to like, but I could tell you that I do remember that Bill Shakespeare was the first draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers ever back in nineteen thirty six when
1: we were still the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's a that's an interesting neato fact you got there.
0: Yep. Super relevant to today's game.
1: So um, So we're going to do something a little different this week, we're just going to have Brady here run through the games, we're going to spend a little more time on the Steelers, a little less time on the rest of the league, so here we go rapid fire take it away.
0: So uh, yeah, want to start off we'll just go right through these games, Josh might come in with a comment but I'm just gonna try to zoom through it. So starting with Seattle, Arizona, Seattle won 28 to 21. Russell Wilson versus uh, Murray is going to be very exciting for the next couple of years. It will be interesting to see how that division shakes out. Um, Atlanta lost to the Taysom Hill-led Saints. Taysom Hill uh, won 24 to 9 over Atlanta. He had a 108.9 rating, completing 78% of his passes. Not bad for a 30-year-old with his first start. Um, Cincinnati versus Washington. Cincinnati was actually favored to win this game, but lost nine to twenty, largely because Joe Burrow, um, the rookie quarterback, uh, was injured. Thoughts of
1: prayers to Joe Burrow. That one looks rough.
0: Absolutely. Um, he's a competitor. He would. He's been a great addition to the AFC North quarterback collection we got going on. Um, so it's sad to see, but Washington was able to take advantage um, And that tight, surprisingly tight NFC. Uh, East Division. Um, Detroit was shut out by Carolina, despite having a backup quarterback and a backup running back. Uh, Matt Patricia officially sucks. Uh,
1: My only comment there is I really liked watching um, PJ Walker play in the XFL, so it was actually really cool to see him start in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and he looked good. He had two bad interceptions that were his fault, but uh, outside of that... Uh, it was fun to see the, uh, you know, someone new to the NFL play. Um, Houston was able to win over New England, twenty-seven to twenty. Deshaun Watson is scary. Uh, it, it'll be interesting if the, he ever gets paired with a good defense and a swallow, uh you know, a good surrounding crew. Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are good, but obviously the, the missing of DeAndre Hopkins is, is felt. Uh, Cleveland was able to win twenty-two to seventeen in another muddy game. Uh, against the Eagles. Carson Wentz does not- Sucks! He does not look good. Um, It's starting to seem like uh, Frank Reich was the genius behind the Eagles, and he's gone now. So it's sad to see, uh, you know, what was once a formidable team still somehow competitive in that NFC East division. The Tennessee Titans went to Baltimore, beat them 30 to 24 in overtime. Uh, Derrick Henry had uh, an interesting, you know, overtime run for 39 yards, uh, classic Derrick Henry fashion to finish the game. Uh, and that helps us, obviously, in the terms of the division. We were able to wrap up a position in the playoffs with a win next week. Um, Miami surprisingly lost to Denver 13-20 to after going on a five-game tear. Tua uh, was benched toward the end of the game. Uh, I would chalk this up to it being in Denver, and it's tough to win in Denver, uh, mile high, uh, getting used to all those things, so uh, not to worry for Miami. They still have a pretty good chance to, to make the playoffs and even maybe win their division. Uh, New York Jets lost to uh, Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert is on track to win Rookie of the Year, even with Chase Claypool playing the way that he is. Clay, uh, Herbert is playing exceptionally well for a rookie. And the amount of games that he's played, he's tied for the most amount of p- passing touchdowns through those
1: games. Uh, I say so, he loses a couple points in my books because of that haircut, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, I, I could give it to him.
0: You're gonna have to take a page from Tom Brady and learn how to get a haircut. Yeah. Um, Dallas was able to pull off a win against Minnesota. Uh, Tony Pollard had a 42-yard touchdown running against them, clocking in at 20.86 miles per hour as Dallas ran away Uh, with a victory, so to speak. They did a shuffling of their offensive line um, and put Zach Martin at tackle. Uh, I think that that was probably the reason that they won. They actually looked pretty good against the Minnesota Viking team that has done well in the recent past. So that's actually an impressive victory. And again, third time I'm saying this, but they're competitive in that NFC East division. Um, Green Bay surprisingly lost, I thought it was a surprise to the Indianapolis Colts. That defense looks good. It was able to force a fumble. And overtime, time, Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, he's not getting talked about as much because of how good that defense is, but he's completing over 78% of his passes this uh, this year so far. Um, so it's efficiency on defense, it's efficiency on offense, um, but it's exceptionalism on defense uh, in particular. Um, Kansas City was able to pull off the victory uh, late in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. 35-31. Uh, to 31. Carr and Gruden seem to be working. They look like they might be gearing for a good playoff run, but they gave Pat Mahomes too much time, which is about a minute and a half apparently. Um, then the Rams were able to pull off a game-winning field goal against the Buccaneers. Matt Gay, the former uh, Buccaneer, uh, kicked the game-winning field goal and Tom Brady refused to shake uh, an all-time great's hand, Jared Goff. <laughs> and that is your week in the NFL.
1: Brady looked bad, dude. He did not look good in that game. That's my only comment there. He, oof. I mean, some of those throws, it was, I didn't even know who he was throwing to.
0: Despite not looking good, uh, the Buccaneers are still in the playoff picture for today. Just going through, going through it real quickly. uh, In the NFC, the Saints are the number one seed with a bye. And in in order from two through seven, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Packers, Eagles, seahawks buccaneers cardinals as it is right now and then going over to the afc we have our 10-0 pittsburgh steelers in the one seed kansas city a game behind for that second seed uh, buffalo indianapolis tennessee cleveland and the raiders make up the rest of the playoff picture so as of today we can say this that the number one seeded steelers are going up against a non-playoff contending Ravens team uh, on this Thanksgiving Thursday, which is what we're going to talk about here later in the show.
1: Can't wait to eat some turkey, pass out, and watch the Steelers. Sellers. Steelers. And tweet, out, and tweet out some dank memes. All tweet right. out some dank memes. Follow us at an Onions Podcast. podcast okay, good plug Good plug. yeah gotta get the plug in there um speaking of plugs we seem to have plugged up some of the worries that i had had on defense <laughs> don't, you don't like that one i like that one against uh, <laughs> the jaguars um i feel like for me what i want to talk about first is what i still don't like from this team this team that is 10 and 0 this team that is finally getting recognition. It's finally okay. They're legit. They're real. We still can't run the dang ball. It doesn't matter who we're playing against. We can't run the ball. I don't know. Uh, I would like to say that I don't know
0: why we're forcing Snell and McFarland in the game. But again, I'm going to say I think Connor looked good. Did Connor not look good to you? Yeah,
1: I, I, I think he looked okay.
0: Be clear. I, I, I just, just speaking statistically he had 13 carries for 89 yards that's very few carries for a lot of yards. that's a 6.8 yard average you know he's getting you a first down every one and a half carries that's pretty good
1: and he definitely had some negative yard plays as well on carries so he probably could have cracked 100 with without those
0: Um, Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a a chance of that. But it's not like any of those runs were like these, I mean, I think he had a 24 yard run. But I mean, that's probably his largest run. So a lot of his runs were comprised of these really good eight yard, nine yard carries. Um, So I think that it's us trying to get these other backs involved that maybe aren't with this, you know, run and gun style that Ben likes to be doing this
1: year yeah I just would like to see more consistency out of the run i I guess it to me it always seems that when we need a run to like come up big, like let's say on one of our classic three and outs where we um you know run run pass we have two garbage runs and then we're forced to go to some desperation pass, and it's just that there's no support from the run game in key scenarios. I, the run game's there, yes. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see more from it, but maybe that's asking a lot from a team that's 10-0, so clearly th- clearly, other things are working.
0: Honestly, in, even if our running game was doing well, those key scenarios, I'm sure you're talking about third downs, red zone kind of areas. Ben is coming through in those areas. Again, we have two receivers that are among the league's lead in yards and receptions on third down. So, when it comes to crucial moments, if it has to be a throw, I'm fine with that. And I wasn't fine with that in previous years.
1: Yeah, I I don't have that a I- distinct gut reaction from previous years where I just everything tenses up when Ben drops back to pass or when whatever Steelers quarterback is behind there drops back to pass. Now anytime he drops back, I'm like He's gonna hit somebody, someone's open, it's going somewhere, whether it's Evron, it's Juju, it's Deontay, it's Claypool. And it feels really awesome to be able to list off more than just Antonio Brown as the available targets for Ben to move the ball to, all no matter where we are on the field.
0: No, I agree. I mean, we've always had a good receiving core, but now we have a bunch of receivers who want, you know, their other receivers to get involved. You know, there was times that. Ab was trying to force Ben to throw him the ball, even when he was covered, and it worked most of the time. But now it's nice for Ben to really run the offense the way that he wants to.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's uh, it's 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 definitely something that you can see that um, where we've for at least the Jaguars game, we had decent time of possession. I mean, we had thirty six minutes to Jacksonville's 23. So the offense was on the field a lot. Four interceptions will do that for you. Four interceptions will do that to you, which, you know, we can talk about that. And now, I guess, if you want, um, with the defense, the, the defense showed up in a slightly different way this game than they have previously, where we've had the front four getting sacks, getting pressure nonstop, where this, took a little bit longer for Bud and TJ and Tua and Cam to get involved, but the secondary stepped up. You had picks from Minka. You had picks from all over the field and passes defended, and the secondary looked good, which is something that previous Steelers teams have not had the greatest secondaries, but we've always had that consistent front four, where this game, front four was a little slow at the beginning. They heated up, but the secondary was on fire. The whole game.
0: Yeah, I'd like to say that, you know, I, I think that there was some forward thinking going in here. You know, you we, we heard in the game analysis, um, you know, from the commenters that uh, uh, Tom was rotating people in the front, you know, because they wanted to keep them fresh for Thanksgiving on Thursday, wh- no matter who the opponent was. you know, it's an added bonus that it's the Ravens, but I don't think we were really focused on getting our guys injured, rushing the quarterback as much this game. Um, and that's why we had a bunch of coverage plays, coverage, you know, stop you know, incomplete, some inconsistencies, no matter if even if it was an inexperienced quarterback, um, it, it, it's just a matter of, you know, following what, what the game plan was originally. And it seemed to just be make him make bad plays. But that being said, I will say there were at least five, six instances where TJ or Dupree were being held. On oh. the right edge. so glad we don't have to chalk this game up to referees, but I'm not worried about that pass rush at all.
1: Whoever was on TJ, there was a distinct moment where the camera zoomed in on it. The commentators were even like, did we just see what we saw? Or the guy had his arm completely around him and he was just holding him back. It was the most egregious holding I've ever seen not called. Um, One thing I did like about this is me me personally you and I have talked about this not on the podcast but how um I've not always been the biggest fan of Terrell Edmonds I I felt like potentially as a defensive draft pick picking him in the first round he hasn't done much for the team but this was this was really a Terrell Edmonds game yes it was it was a Minka Fitzpatrick game as well but this was really Terrell Edmonds game he finally showed up we we heard his name for something other than ah Edmonds got beat deeper ah Edmonds got beat there which I know, defensive player, you're probably not going to get your name called at all by the commentators unless you mess up, but it was nice to get his name called for something good.
0: Yeah, they don't play the same exact position um, in the Steelers defense, but it reminds me of Chris Hope, um, who used to be a safety for the Steelers, and he was the opposite side of Palmolo for a couple years before there was Ryan Clark. Uh, And it was just this, you know, if if your partner is Minka Fitzpatrick, you're going to get unsung sometimes so uh i thought it was pretty good that we haven't heard his name before this game because that just means that he's doing his job um and, and it, if, if it's quiet you know you'd prefer him to be this ball hawk that makes these plays but uh honestly i think he's been doing exceptionally well and it was just nice to see him get those two picks one was a bad throw but the other was a really nice play um where he read where he read the route so
1: speaking uh, yeah, of great minka games. Minka and Palomalu. This is the first Steeler to have 10 interceptions in 10 games since Palomalu. So Minka's on a decent pace to be a great player for a while.
0: Yeah, but he cost a first round pick, so it was a bust.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he, he wasn't worth it, guys. He wasn't worth the first round pick. We've clearly not gotten use out of him.
0: Uh, One more thing on the defense. Pretty interesting is how good Alualu has been um his the yards per carry with a alu off field is about six yards per carry with him on the field it's about two yards per carry so we already have an elite run defense um, but it's that that interesting dichotomy of when he's on the field and when he's not on the field it's a totally
1: different uh,
0: totally different defense
1: I'd also like to say that our defense looks completely different after halftime now I I know that You know, NFL teams make adjustments, but the way that we come out after halftime is something that it's 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 very awesome to see the the changes and the fixes and how we're not just stuck running the same defensive plays or making the same mistakes. Where you you'll see, like, saw the Jaguars go back to some plays that got them some gas yards in the first half that got him nothing in the second half which is which is all it's awesome to see the the adjustments
0: it's always good to see ben be able to sit out the last couple of drives and watch from the sideline especially when you have a game on thursday so we did yes a lot of good adjustments after a slow start seems to be the mo for this this season
1: i i feel like Chase Claypool is is an elite receiver, and I know we touched on it a little bit with rookie of the year and everything. But um, I think it was either Pro Football Focus or NFL, not not NFL, but either it was, I, I believe it was Pro Football Focus put out their top ten rookies. Chase Claypool didn't even crack the top ten, which to me is ridiculous. The the, the body control he has, the way he runs routes. It seems like he can almost run any route that Ben needs him to run. He's got good hands. He's tall. He's fast. I, I feel like we got ourselves a, another elite receiver in, you know, a, a non first round pick. I feel like he's first round talent with, you know, a non first round pick.
0: I think uh, a lot of the, the issues that come with ranking the Steelers. I mean, we're an underrated team, even though we're 10 and 0. You know, we're not really seen taken seriously by a lot of the league. So part of it is that chip on the shoulder thing. That I just want to say it doesn't matter what the rest of the league is saying. But there's other things like um, you were you were telling me the other day. Ben Roethlisberger is ranked what um, in quarterback? Uh, like his what,
1: what what was that statistic? I believe Ben Roethlisberger is ranked 22nd in quarterback. Like PFF ranking,
0: yeah. So PFF specifically, when they rank quarterback, like when they're looking at you know what quarterback is able to do, they watch every single play, and they see like did he miss an open route? Um, Did he look the wrong way? Did he take too long on the snap? You know, like you know going through his progressions. Ben is delivering the ball about half a second quicker than anyone else in the league. Um, he has the fastest release in the league, So, and, and I think it's working. I mean, he was player of the week last week. Um, he threw for about 260 yards on only about 32 completions uh, this week, and two touchdowns got that easy W. Again, he's sitting on the bench for the last couple of drives. It's working. The problem is, is that when you're ranking that, if you have this quick release, that means you're not going through your progressions fully, and you're going to get marked for that because you didn't like see an open guy because you're getting rid of the ball in about two and a half, two and a quarter seconds. So that is why some of these rankings in some of the analytics are against us is because we don't, we're not playing, you know, the full optimum ball, but we're playing super efficient football. So you're trading in that optimum, like hundred percent offense that maybe we could be for a super efficient offense that gets its touchdowns. Basically, has these short passes that are worth the value of a run. We're kind of changing the way that, like, we have Ben Roethlisberger turning into Ben Breeze, essentially.
1: Yeah, like traditionally, when the Steelers would need, let's say, a third and two, you we pound it up the left tackles, but like we'd literally just run behind a ta- we'd run behind the tackles. Where now you're you're not. You're seeing us do maybe a jet sweep. You're seeing maybe four in routes for curl routes, you're seeing empty backfield sets on third and short, even, even third and long. You're still seeing empty backfield sets. You're seeing empty backfield sets a lot. So for, for, for what you're saying, it, it, it it makes sense. Like, yes, it's not, it's not like the analytic ball, but it's, it's quality football when it's executed correctly. And it's being executed. I think best that we've seen in a long time from Ben.
0: Yeah, and as much as I miss Ben scrambling around, you know, dodging tackles, as much as I miss that, I mean, he hasn't been sacked, what, in the last four games, three games? Uh, You know, that that I'll trade that in any time for the way that we're playing and winning football, you know, keep him healthy because the offense looks totally like anything I've never seen from a Steelers team or from any team. Um, uh, and, And it's really exciting.
1: Yeah. Dylan Ueva hasn't given up a sack all year. Big out. When you can have consistency like that, I I, I feel like the, the offensive lines play and how they're playing at such an elite level gives Ben the ability to play at an even higher level and gives him the time to, even though he gets the ball out so fast, as we've already talked about, it gives him maybe the mental state or just the ability to know, hey, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get hit on this play. Like I got time to let this develop. I got time to let someone run a route or just, you know, he's got the confidence to just sit there and just fire that thing in there.
0: Yeah. And like you've said, uh, the run game has suffered a bit. And that's, I think because the line, although it's been good, it is not as good as it's been in years past. That's why I'm saying this quick release from Ben, it helps to like de-illustrate you know, if, if there are any problems with the line, because he's getting rid of the ball so quickly that we don't know if there's really a problem with it. All right, so let's talk about this upcoming Thanksgiving game uh, against the Ravens, division foe. Um, let's start with the biggest headline going into the game is kind of this COVID outbreak. It seems to be on the Ravens. Josh, what's the update on those guys?
1: So the current list of IR reserve COVID players for the Ravens is running back Mark Ingram, Defensive tackle Brandon Williams, running back J.K. Dobbins, outside linebacker Pernell McPhee.
0: Those are pretty big, big names there. I mean, that's the running game that they rely on, um, and and, and I think their cornerback, yeah, that, that Jimmy Smith is a big deal.
1: Well, J- Jimmy Smith wasn't for COVID. He's just questionable. He didn't practice on uh, Tuesday, but
0: oh, either way, I'd say that's a big, big deal.
1: Yeah,
0: if, if all of those players don't appear to make a make an
1: appearance. One, one, one comment about this upcoming game against the Ravens is that they got beat up against the Titans. So they're they're. Um, their IR list right now is a lot longer than I feel like most teams would have, because um, they they had a lot of guys go down in that game. I remember seeing it on Red Zone, and it was just nonstop timeouts for injury reports. That game went a lot longer than every other game in their window, just due to injuries. But um, but uh, let, let let's talk the 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 brass tacks the the how's this game going to play out? What do we need to do? What are the Ravens going to do? What do you want to see from the Steelers? What do I want to see from the Steelers? You know,
0: I'm expecting, you know, some jam coverage um, from the Ravens. That way, you know, you press, if you press the receivers, it makes the quarterback take a few more seconds and they're going to try to disrupt that quick release time of Ben because it appears to be working. So, you know, Harbaugh's is a good coach. That's what I expect them to, maybe start doing here it's their their second time seeing us so maybe they'll know a few more tricks this time around
1: i i definitely agree with you i also could see them maybe even trying to bring some pressure like actually test the O line probably early on some like creative blitzes in their first defensive set i i would imagine something like that kind of feel it out see see what's rocking for them um for the for the ravens offensively um They've definitely been neutered their run game down Mark Ingram, JK Dobbins. Um so could we good see
0: it's good thing they still have their starting running back though.
1: Yeah, I mean they got their starting running back taking snaps at under center, so it's it's okay. Maybe maybe I mean, they could
0: he's he's still not comfortable enough to go under center. That's
1: true. <laughs> it's true. He still does get it out of shotgun. <laughs> but uh maybe this is maybe this is the Lamar game. So they're they're down all their, you know, running back by position, but they got their quarterback who maybe, maybe he were, maybe we're going to see Lamar try to run the ball and take the game into his hands, which would be really cool to see him get lit up by old Bob Spillane um, coming through the hole. Uh, in all honesty, though, I could see this as being maybe the Ravens attempt to get Lamar throwing the ball more because against the run, I'd say I wouldn't want to run against our front four. Then again, the way our secondary has been playing, I wouldn't want to throw against our secondary either. So maybe the Ravens should just stay on the bus and chalk it the up.
0: Maybe they'll just uh, punt the ball whenever they really get it. Put us yeah. in a position. Honestly, not a terrible strategy.
1: Yeah, like let the offense get tired. Big Ben, will, his arm will definitely get tired. Um, he's old. Uh,
0: he's been he's been throwing the ball about 50 times a game i don't think that i think i don't think is getting
1: tired at all uh it's it's hard to talk about the ravens because they they seem like a team or they've always been a team where it doesn't really matter how they've been playing throughout the year ravens against steelers you start at zero zero it doesn't matter if we've played them it doesn't matter what the records are it's zero zero when we go to when, when we go to Baltimore, when they come to Pittsburgh, anything can happen. Everything's on the table. Everyone's playing their hearts out. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter records. It doesn't matter stats.
0: Well, I hope afterwards we're looking at an 11-0 record. If it doesn't matter, then I would like to have it then, please. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I would also like to have the 11-0 record. Um, I think the big key for this is probably going to be contain – contain contain and stick to your assignments i feel like any any steelers defense that wants to succeed here is going to have to a contain lamar jackson and then b stick to their assignments whether it's whoever's spying lamar because you know he's going to try to break away you know there's going to be at least one or two runs or plays where it breaks down and lamar starts scrambling and someone that was supposed to be covering him got you know they bid on some route and aren't covering their man so I feel like this is going to be a game that's really going to test the 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 mental like the mental fortitude of the defense to stick to whatever game plan we come in with and just play it play it effectively and not let the Ravens get whatever their running back quarterback you know can't can't let him get going.
0: Well, let's just hope that their mental fortitude and the struggles with that stay with them and that I'm not the one struggling while I'm trying to eat Thanksgiving dinner, watching them play. So Josh, let's hope for a 11 and 0 soft on the heart victory for once.
1: 11 and 0 soft on the heart. It's, it's, it's nice Thursday night game, 8 20 PM Eastern. We just get it to,
0: it won't happen. This one's going to suck.
1: I, I feel like my heart is already palpitating and we are many days out by that. I mean, you know we're not that many days out but it, come on it's Steelers football on Thanksgiving we're playing the Ravens what more could you ask for we're going in there we're going to play great football it's that's it come on it's Thanksgiving
0: we know as Steelers fans it never works out that nicely but one can hope Well with that I'm uh, I'm Brady
1: and I'm Josh
0: We could have been doctors, but we decided to be here with you instead.